You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. All right, today was the day that the Dolphins and Xavier Howard agreed to terms to a five-year contract. Uh, that'll be worth uh, $25.3 million per year uh, with $50.7 million in new money. So uh, Xavier's a very rich man, and uh, the Miami Dolphins are a much better football team today. So that's good news, guys. Uh, they got everything they needed to get done done this offseason, and uh, that's, that's impressive. So uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, it's a happy day. Hey everyone, we're back again. This time I'm with uh, Daniel Reinhardt. How are you, Daniel? I'm good. What's up, Finn fans? Let's go. Let's go. So we went through free agency, and uh, I think we improved the team. Um, talked about it on the last show with uh, Lewis. Yeah. Too bad you guys couldn't sync up, so we could have done it all at once, but we couldn't, so here we are. And, yeah. And... Uh, I thought I'd get your thoughts on uh, free agency, and maybe I'll add a few of my own here and there. Sure. Yeah, no, that was a great episode last time. You guys got a chance to touch on the Tyreek Hill uh, trade, and, and I wasn't I wasn't there for that. Um, word of the day is upgrade, right, Lou? I think we did a really good job of that in free agency. Uh, the, the key area that we talked about on all of the shows leading up to free agency was our offensive line. Yep. Uh, we we talked about adding between two and three guys. We got uh, Pro Football Focus 11th graded interior the guard uh, Connor Williams from last season, and we got top five left tackle in Teron Armstead. So you know, as a Dolphins fan, as a uh, a fan who has seen the struggles along that offensive line, and as content creators who have been talking about how much we have to improve that line. I mean, free agency was was great for us in that matter. Not only that, we we re-signed some some good depth pieces. We uh, brought in a couple of guys we think are really going to help our team. And Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. We we got another speedy guy on the outside in Cedric Wilson. But the one thing more than anything that has obviously got Miami Dolphins fans excited as hell is Tyreek the Cheetah Hill. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Well, you know, that's exactly what we needed. I mean, I, I, I fully understand why they made the move. We, we just don't have those impact players on offense that can take it to the house. You have any idea what Mike McDaniel was going through in his office as this was going down? Can you imagine what he's going to do with these toys on offense? I'm, I'm beyond excited, Mike. Beyond excited. You should be. I mean, that was that was a great signing. Now, you know, with any signing, you, you have to hope they stay healthy and, and, and learn the offense and do all the things they need to do, you know, to put themselves in a position to have an impact-type season. But sure. uh, Hill on talent alone is, uh, you know, an amazing athlete. And uh, you got to feel like, you know, you need those amazing athletes on your team. And uh, between him and Waddle and uh, uh, the other receiver that they signed, I mean, I, I like it. Now, the question is, uh, Daniel, what happens to Parker? I, I think Parker stays. Who, who's going to want Parker? I think the only thing that's going to happen if it happens with Parker is we would end up releasing him. We're not yeah. going to get anything of value for him. He can't stay on the field long enough to, to really make a difference the way he should. I think the Saints had shown some interest in him, uh, you know, reportedly. Uh, But uh, I would not be unhappy if he stays on the team. But I think because of cap reasons, there's there's probably a 50-50 chance he doesn't. And uh, 
you know, if, if they decide to go that route, then then they, then they grow, go that route. Uh, sure. And we've got some guys who can fill in. You know, I, I like Parker as a player. I've always appreciated his talent when he's on the field. Lewis and I do as well. Yeah. I could see the Saints doing something like that if, say, they got rid of Michael Thomas, you know, which there's rumblings about that over the last several months as well. Uh, but regardless, I mean, I think Devontae Parker could be – He's the change of pace now for the receivers. You know, no hyperbole. We very well may be the, the fastest receiving duo in the history of the game with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of things that they're going to do in the backfield, coming out of the backfield, crossing routes, short passes. And Devontae Parker is going to be the guy who's on the outside who can get those 50 50 balls. Waddle is. He's talented enough to make some difficult catches, and obviously Tyreek is too. Devontae Parker is, is a different type of player, and we absolutely need a guy like that. We, we do need a guy like that. I know we got Gasicki, and Sherfield could probably do that uh, on a limited basis, but I wouldn't be sad to see Parker stay. Yeah, I really don't know what to expect out of Sherfield. You know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Uh... I mean, all the talk is positive, obviously. You know, and he came from San Francisco, so you know McDaniel knows him. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you got you got to be positive about it for that reason. But, you know, that doesn't guarantee success. He'll well, have to come in and do it. I think that the smartest thing for us to expect is for him to be a role player. But you said it. I mean, McDaniel has trust in him, and so does Welker. You know, yep. so if he needs to play some expanded minutes because – Somebody does offer us something of even minimal value for Parker because we've we're talking about it pre-show. We've got very limited draft picks now. So if come draft time somebody throws us something and Parker actually does leave the team, then maybe Sherfield finds his way to the field more, but he should probably just be a role player. All right. So uh that's Sherfield and obviously Cedric Wilson, uh, you know, he he should have a more prominent role. What did you think of that signing? I like it. I like it. He's got a lot of talent. We we talked briefly about it. Every time he was on the field for Dallas, he would flash. He shows uh, potential to not only be a big play guy, but somebody that could be relied on. He made some big catches. He came up in some big spots. So if we need to use him in, a, in an expanded role because Parker's gone, then I think that he is up for the challenge. And he better be. You know, we just gave him we just gave him a bag to to be up yeah. for that challenge. Yep. And uh, did you have any feelings on uh, Keon Crossan? Did we talk about Tyreek Hill? Because let's go. Yes. No. Actually, so I know the last time we we talked about Crossan, I, I kind of giggled a little bit and said, you know, uh, he's just a special teams guy. But even just a special teams guy can have some tremendous value. And the more I learn about Keon Crossan, the more I learn how valuable he is at that spot. So uh, it's always great to have those role players. And and I'm glad we have a guy who can come in and play, you know, 90% of the special team reps and make a difference. Yep. Yep. They signed him, let's see, uh, to a three-year contract. Yeah. Well, he so was, uh, he was an ace. There at, yep. for the Giants in New York. So, yeah, so, so they must trust him somewhat. Absolutely. What did you think of the uh, running back signings? Well, we don't have a guy who's a, a true three down back. We just don't. But the two guys that we brought in are difference makers and home run threats. Chase Edmonds great out of the backfield at catching the ball. Raheem Mostert is one of the fastest backs in the league with the ball in his hand. So either one of these guys could house something at any time, and I think it's going to make the outside zone system look really good for Miami. We're going to be a run-heavy team for the first time in a long time, and and I think that we probably I, – I would expect us to have a late-round draft pick on a running back. We've got two picks in the seventh round, a guy in the fifth round that, that may be a running back pick at 158. I still think we add somebody – to that running back committee, but these guys are absolutely guys who could be electric for our team. I like I like them both. 
you've still got Gaskin and then uh, Ahmed and, you know, the guys on the bench. You know, we'll have to see what happens with those guys, you know. Do yeah, they sure. But or do they get dealt or do they just get waived? I think we've seen exactly what they are. Uh-huh. And, and McDaniel with Shanahan through that system, we have watched guy after guy come in. I mean, Raheem Mostert was undrafted, right? Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco last year was a sixth-round pick. We've watched the way that that these guys really use their running backs. And while Edmonds and Mostert, neither one of them were the top of the class for free agents, they were neither neither one of the guys were the guy that I preferred. I think in the system that McDaniel runs, uh, they they both have an opportunity to be successful, and much more so than Gaskin or Ahmed. I actually thought to myself that Ahmed might have a better shot in this system than Gaskin simply because I think he's his foot speed's a little bit faster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he can be a one-cut runner, you know, whereas Gaskin might have a little more trouble doing that. Well, and they both fit the mold of late round or undrafted guys. Yep. So there's no saying that they can't be effective. We've We've seen both have some limited a limited effectiveness at one time or another. Ahmed has played well when he's on the field. Gaskin didn't show much last year, but the year before he was really good. Yep. So there's no saying, no telling what tough to judge running backs when you're yeah. running behind the line where the tackles are ineffective because that really limits what the running backs can do. You're really kind. Ineffective is a really kind word. Yep. and uh jacoby Brissett went to cleveland yeah see you later guy and uh we signed bridgewater what do you think of teddy yeah uh just a guy he's just Just a guy guy. that's 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 about my opinion of him yeah he's just a guy i don't hate him i i like the man bridgewater the man and uh i mean but that doesn't matter it's got to be what can he do on the field. And he's good enough. He's good enough. He's nothing better than a two. Yeah, when I'm talking about players, I don't get into their personal, my feelings on their person. Yeah, Unless I know. they're negative. You know it's what I hard. mean? It's hard. It's hard to not root for the man. Of course. You know? Of course. Especially when they're on your team. I get attached to these these guys as men, you know, you get, you get to see what they do in the community. You get to see how they act. I mean, social media is huge these days. And then you, for Bridgewater, a guy who had a, a complete lower leg devastation, you know, you, you start to really root for a guy like him um, personally outside of just the game. So I'm not bummed to have him on the team, but he's nothing better than a two. Yep. Yep. All right. So let's, uh, Talk about the depth chart a little bit. Sure. Uh, we've got a draft coming up next month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to be Actually, an exciting the end, one, man. The end of this month, I should say. It's April 1st. Yeah. We've got two at quarterback. we got Teddy, who we just talked about, and uh, Chris Stevler, and I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about him. Yeah, uh, I've never heard the name. Yep, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. And I watch I mean, a little uh, college football, and I've never heard the name. Yeah, I, I would think they they stick with uh, two running uh, two quarterbacks, but uh, we'll see. Well, that's going to be tough because you got both. You got a couple of guys who are not exactly big bodied, known to stay healthy guys. Right, right. So I think a third quarterback is probably going to be pretty important. I'm just well, yeah, but you'll do that on the practice squad. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still expanded for this year. Uh, I believe so. That's good for the league. I, I, I have not run any changes about it, but we'll see. Yeah, that's good for the league that they keep I, that. I think so, and yeah. I, I think the coaches enjoyed it because yeah. uh, they didn't lose their players for the whole season. They could sure. stick them on IR and they can come back. So, the, you know, some of the rules that they twisted for COVID are, are really rules that I think they should just leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me they, too. They were good changes. It's good for the, the coaching staffs, but it's also good for these players who get an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of, of, of the injured reserve list is they didn't want it to be a tool for the coaches to stash players who aren't really hurt. Right, right. And as long as they can keep from teams doing that, then I think the changes were, are good, you know? 
And uh, if you can take a player off in three weeks or six weeks, that, that helps the league, I think. I agree. Right? Because everybody wants to see the best product you can put on the field. Yep. I completely agree. Uh, so back to back to uh, the depth chart. We got running backs. We've got five. We got Chase Edmonds. We got Raheem Mostart, and we got Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, and Jared Dokes. Jared Dokes. So who on that list do you think won't be on the roster come opening day? Oh boy. I mean, probably, Tough, right? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably Dokes, just because we've never got not seen it. nothing. Yeah, from we him, just right? haven't seen him. I. I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him get an opportunity to at least show us. He was not—he was no slouch at Cincinnati. So right. he, he he has some power. He does have some one-cut ability. He could be a change of pace from the rest of these guys who are a little bit more speedy. Even though Gaskin's not a super fast guy, um, but I—I'd like to see him get an opportunity to show us. But right now, I'd have to say he would be the one. On the way out. One, I, I think Ahmed is probably gone, too, unless yeah. they do decide that he is what I think he could be uh, in that system. Fullback, they have two. Yeah. Alec Ingold and John Lovett. Love it. I, I love it. Not necessarily John, but I love having the fullbacks. Yep. Me, too. And I figure that Ingold is probably your starter, and Lovett is probably oh, yeah. on the practice squad or, or uh, cut. I don't think they'll keep two on the roster. I, I don't either. I don't see there any other path than exactly that. Wide receivers and how this has changed since a year ago, right? Yeah. Look at we that. Got, yeah. We got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Parker, Cedric Wilson, Lynn Bowden Jr., Trent Sherfield, Preston Williams, Cody Core, River Crocraft, uh, Devonte Deadman. Don't know anything about the last three. Okay, so there is a forgotten name, Lynn Bowden Jr. Oh yeah, yeah. The forgotten man in this wide receiver core. That's actually, I mean, it looks like we've got some pretty decent depth there. So, even though I don't want to see Parker gone. You got another guy there who is a weapon in Lynn Bowden. Yeah, He's and he can be a breakout player this year. Yes, he, absolutely. he would be somebody you would look at to become that. Yeah. He's he's a he's a weapon. Yep. And even if they didn't bring in uh, a Cedric Wilson or Tyreek Hill, Lynn Bowden Jr. is a weapon. He's not the same type of weapon, obviously. No, but if Waddle and Hill are on the field, defenses yeah. have to respect them. And uh, that gives uh, Bowden probably a single coverage opportunity, and uh, he's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, and he's played running back. He's played quarterback. He, uh, he, he can be lined up everywhere. Yep. Every single position, you know, he can line up at. So that's pretty exciting. And I'm with you. I don't know the other three, um, but, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to see him in the preseason. Uh, I would expect that they're probably not on the team at the end. At the end, of yeah, the- I would too. They're probably camp bodies, but I usually like to know a little more about the guys. But I've been out of town on a bunch of other things. So anyway, um, sure. And if any of the listeners know, uh, you know, let us know in the comments on the on the page. Oh, I'm sure We'd somebody love to knows. hear more about them. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. somebody knows. Tight ends, five. Yeah, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, Adam Sheehan, Hunter Long, and Seathan Carter. That was pretty much our lineup from last year. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a decent group. It does. I'm not sure how I feel about Seathan Carter. We have not seen much of him. He was a free agent signing last year, if people remember. Uh, but Yeah, he was actually a surprising that we yep. He got two or three years, yep. right? Like, that was one of the contracts that was like, you know, we we made some good contracts last year, but Seathan Carter for two or three years was like, what? what? But, you know, yep. valuable special team reps, right? Yeah. Well, we know Kosicki's going to be here. We know Smythe is going to be here. So it's, you know, the other three will be battling for uh, uh, roster spot and or playing time. Well, you can bet Hunter Long's going to be here too. So it's going to be between Shaheen and Carter. Yep. If we get, if we have to only, if we have to get rid of one of them, it's going to be between Shaheen and Carter. I've seen more from Shaheen that I like, obviously. Yep. Um, Little inconsistent, right? 
Yeah, and a little injury prone. Yep. You know, well, injury prone is a label I hate to put on people, but he he's a little more fragile. Yep. Which is probably still a label I shouldn't put on people, but but some people he gets are, hurt more frequently. Yeah, some of them do for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Offensive line: Taron Armstead, Connor Williams, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, and Liam Eikenberg. That's oh, who we man. have as the starters. That sounds so much better this year. Yeah. Now you know this can change at any moment because they they are not set. They are going to mix no. and match and do whatever it is they do to try and figure out the best five. You know, and I was listening to a. Uh, uh, Coach McDaniel speak, and he said it himself. It'd be very unfair to the team and to these players to put them in a position right now, right? And say say they're going to be starting there. So it's going to be an open competition for every one of these positions, even Connor Williams at guard. Even though he's, you know, he's got well, one of I these guard spots and, locked him down. Him and Armstead are probably locks on the left side. Yeah, it's everything else that has to be decided. I don't know for sure um, if Connor's a lock on the left side guard, I, but I would assume so. Taron, he's not going anywhere. He's mm-hmm. he's the anchor. So the rest of these guys got some work to do. I think Dieter will have some competition, and I think you know Hunt and Eichenberg will be fighting each other. And uh, uh, behind them, you've got Austin Jackson, Robert Jones, Solomon Kinley, Greg Little, Larnell Coleman, Adam Pinky, and Keon Smith. Yeah, don't be surprised if Robert Jones makes a hard push to start there at right guard. Yeah, I liked what I've seen of him so far. Yeah. Uh, we haven't he, seen much, but when we've seen when he's been in there, he's been pretty good. Well, you know really quickly when they offer a contract the size that they did to him uh, as an undrafted guy. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't remember the numbers on it, but it was pretty clear that they had it. Uh, they really wanted him. Yep. So, and, and then when he did get a chance to play, he looked good. Yeah, he he would be a dark horse, you know, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Uh, maybe at that guard position. Well, he would be. It now, if he came out of nowhere to start at that guard position mm-hmm. and he just was a stud, that's the exact type of moves that a franchise needs to be able to take a step. Right, and then that probably moves Hunt back to tackle and put, puts Eichenberg on the bench. Yeah, you know, yeah. but we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Yeah, I mean, and, and really when you look at these names, it, it appears that we have some decent depth because I don't hate Solomon Kenley either. You know, I Austin Jackson, man, I just don't know what to say about him anymore. But um, I like Solomon Kenley too a well, little bit. Well, if Kenley didn't lose some weight this offseason, I don't think he makes the roster. I, just, I think he's a mauler. I like him. He is, know. but he's not athletic enough. He's, he's his, his foot speed is real slow, you know, because well, of the, the weight he's carrying, you know. That's a solid point, too, because he's not just going to be a statue in this new system. Right, right. You've got to be athletic. Yep. So we'll see. Um, defensive line. Uh, Manuel Agba. Thankfully, they re-signed him. Yes, sir. Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Adam Butler, and Deshaun Hall. Man, that doesn't look so bad either. I like I like the sounds of that. Raekwon Davis can stay healthy, man. Well, that's it. I was going to say that about all of them. If these guys, if our top four can stay healthy and and uh, you know play a lot of minutes, it's going to be a good defensive line. But yeah, if they don't and we don't get a little more edge pressure from them, then uh, it's probably not going to be a strength of the team. You're not a lot of depth yep. at the moment. Yep. Looks and, like uh, that may be uh, something to focus on in the draft. Mm-hmm. Linebackers, Van Ginkle, Roberts, Baker, Jalen Phillips, Duke Riley, Sam McGuavin, Brennan Scarlett, Calvin Munson, and Darius Hodge. Yeah, <clears throat> for some reason, Duke Riley's not on my list here, but he is. Um, they, we got some role players behind some some guys that are decent. You know, I, we all love Van Ginkle, and we all see what Baker can do. Jalen Phillips is going to take a step forward this year and be, uh, you know, a Pro Bowl-level player. I'm just putting that out into the universe right now. Jalen Phillips is going to turn some heads this year. But as far as the rest of the guys are role players, and we definitely need some, some game changers as well behind these guys because Landon Roberts is not a young guy anymore. So 
We need somebody who's to me, the linebacker is one minutes. of the biggest needs on this team. And you, you pointed to the guy who I would point to as well. And there are some things about Roberts that I like. I love the way he hits, you know, and I like yep. the way he plays the run the majority of the time. But that's about all he can do, and that limits him. And uh, it also makes him a liability when, you know, the yep. other teams decide they want to take advantage of him being on the field. So. Well, yeah, when you when you have clear passing downs, Roberts got to come out. Duke Riley's got to come in, you know, because Brandon Scarlett, he, he's not quite the hitter Roberts is, but he fills the same type of role, and yep. he's he's not a cover linebacker. Yep, that's an area we need some help. Uh, but I'm looking at inside backer before I'm looking at outside backer. Uh, but uh, you would like to see more from Van Ginkle. I mean, we all like his play, but I thought he kind of took a half a step back last year. I want to see more from him uh, this coming season. Yeah, I can agree with that. Cornerbacks. This is probably one of the strengths of the team. Yep. I, I don't think anybody would argue that. If they did, they're not watching. Now, of course, we've got to sign Howard to the, to a restructured contract, keep him happy. But uh, if they get that done, then then I think they've they've done well. But you know, by him and uh, for the coach, because this guy needs to be on that field. Uh, yeah, Byron Jones. Uh, a lot of people wanted to trade him. He had some surgery, and that kind of nixed any possible trade. But uh, Let's hope he comes back healthy, and uh, maybe we'll see an improvement over last year because I know that injury was bothering him, and he did play with it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Needham. This is a guy, uh, Lou brought it up. You know, when we first saw him play in preseason a couple of years ago, we said, what the hell is happening here? You know, this, this <laughs> yeah. guy's got to go. And, you know, I know, he turned the corner so quickly, and he became a really good nickelback, you know? So, I mean, he's not the top of the league, but he's no embarrassment, and uh, I think he plays the position pretty well. Yeah, we was making jokes about the Nick need a new quarterback or cornerback. Yeah, so uh -huh. yeah, I, I agree. He and we put a second round tender on him. Yep, you know, so we wasn't gonna let somebody else just take him away from us. Not for nothing, no. Keon Crossan, what do we know about him? Anything? There's. There's that name again. Right. There's that name again. Yeah, he's going to be a, a role player. In a well, what, what kind of role do you think he's going to play at cornerback? Well, I mean, he's going to fill in when somebody gets banged up. He's going to come in maybe in some dime situations. He's going to play on special teams. So you think he gets more play time than Igbenogany? I don't understand why he wouldn't. Igbenogany has shown us nothing but speed. And you can be as fast as you want, but if you can't cover somebody, you do know that we have Madison go. and Sertan back there, right? Yeah, sure. Let's see what they can and do. And they're the going to be working with this kid, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully he gets his shit together. Yeah. Because I'm I'm in the same spot with him as I am with Austin Jackson. Um, I'm not because I haven't seen him enough. Yeah. Now no. that could be a reason I should be. But, yeah, uh, it is for you me. know, when you got Howard and you got Jones out there, it's going to be tough for him to get playing time. Well, look, when we had three first round picks and we spent one on this cornerback from Auburn, who was a project and there was, I know so many question marks about why the hell did we take this kid anyway? And now when I see him on the field, he gets burnt. And then I don't get to see him on the field. There's a clear reason why. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yep. Cut his ass. I know some of you guys are waiting on me to say that. Let's just let's just go. Trill Williams. I like that name. Trill. It's trilling. I don't know much about him though, so I would I would assume that he's going to also be a role player. Interesting. And uh Elijah Campbell. Yeah. Javaris Davis. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. D'Angelo Ross and Quincy Wilson. Just some guys that we have on the depth chart right now. I, I'm, you know, as far as, as these type of guys, I'm always excited to watch some preseason football to see what they Of course, to, to see table. what they've got. Yep. Because because you have things like Nick Needham happen, right? So <laughs> while I may say right now that I like the name Trill Williams, but and I don't know much about the man, 
getting an opportunity to see him in this system in preseason football um, and where the coaches get to see him. That's when a, a single role player turns into a second-round tender. Exactly. So, so while I don't know these names in depth, I know that I'd rather see Trill Williams right now than I would rather see Noah Ibanagani. Understood. At safety, this is one of our more exciting positions. You've got Javon Holland, you've got Brandon Jones, you got Eric Rowe, you got uh Fedulum, and you got uh Sheldrick Redvine. Redwine, I always fumble his name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just the UB forty. It's the red, red wine. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. he's a hometown U of M kid and he stayed in town again. So I I like our safety group too. And there was talk about bringing in uh, um, the safety from Kansas City, the LSU kid. What was his name? Yeah, Matt. Matt was it Mathow? Yeah, Tyron Mathow. I don't know how he could, his name could slip my mind. There was talk about bringing in Mathow, and I think that that would. Man, I don't know why we you're would not going to do necessarily, yeah, but do wow, what a safety room. Yeah, because there's really nobody there. I mean, the, the, I, I guess maybe he could replace Brandon Jones, but you know, why would well, you? Why would you do that? He's a young kid, and he's coming along. Let's let's see him develop. Yeah, but you could bring Brandon Jones down and play him in the linebacker role. You know, like you do sometimes do with these safeties. Yeah. You, he could be he could be a well, for lack of a better term, he could be a weapon on defense. A guy like like a Lynn Bowden would be on offense, where you could put him. All in right, but if positions. you were an opposing coach and you had a good <laughs> third receiver, who are you going to put him on? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to give yourself liabilities, is what I'm saying. You know, you let let the safety play safety and let the linebacker play linebacker. At least that's my opinion. I know well, the coaches. You know, uh, in dime packages and stuff, they they they. Uh, move people around and maybe take linebackers off the field and bring defensive backs on the field. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about early downs. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you don't do that as well. Sorry about that. I don't know where that came from. I, I'm not saying you don't do that as well, but when you have a guy like Tyron Mathau and you have to find something to do with a Brandon Jones, you find something to do with Brandon Jones. So I'm not saying that we're going to do that, but yeah, it, it would to me it would be a waste of resources, right? I'd rather see, if they were going to spend that money, I'd rather see them spend it on a linebacker. Sure. Uh, long snapper Blake Ferguson, I think he's fine. Yep, I'm sure you do too. Yeah, and he's great on social media, <laughs> and that's a plus, right? I I don't know, <laughs> not for me necessarily, but. You know, if you didn't already know that, go find him on social media. He's pretty good. Uh-huh. And uh, Jason Sanders is our kicker. Had a down yeah. year last year. Do you think he bounces back? I, You know, I honestly think he's closer to what we've seen last year than we did the year before. I think that the year before was kind of special. And uh, I think he's maybe somewhere a little bit in between that. Uh -huh. I think he's better. Um, I think he'll be a little bit better. But I don't think we'll ever see that all pro season again okay and any reason why you feel that way <laughs> uh, how how many times do we get to see cons you know consistent all pro uh performances from our guys i don't know a dolphins fan thing being, being a okay. being a downtrodden dolphins fan thing um i don't know uh, i like sanders and i don't you know i don't ever see i look at it this way he did it once he can do it again Sure, sure. I just think it was special. It was it just was. a special year. It was, so, no doubt. Um, I think he's somewhere in between. I don't expect him to be an all-pro ever again, just because I'm. that's how I've been trained. Um, <laughs> but That's how you've been conditioned, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been conditioned. <laughs> However, I mean, we've got some opportunities now to, to make some all-pros, so... Anyway, um, you know, we've still got the same GM and, and, you know, there's, you could make a really big argument that we shouldn't, but, uh, you know, the, the last, this free agency, uh, last year's draft, he, he's done pretty well. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. year's free agency, not so well.
they're going forward with new people, in, you know, in the regime. The coaching staff is completely, almost completely new on the offensive side. On the defensive side, they brought back Boyer and his most of his staff. You've got to feel like because the coaching staff is better, and it definitely is better because yes. uh, Flores had a horrendous offensive staff. Yeah. You know, you've got to think that the team is going to improve. Uh, it's like I mentioned to you, Sam Madison and, and Sertain. You know, they'll be yeah. working with Igbenogany and the other younger uh, cornerbacks. Uh, that's got to be helpful to them, you know. Uh, I mean, these guys were, were the best we've ever had as far as cornerbacks. Those those guys are going to be good teachers. So I'm like I'm a little excited about that because if they can get some of these second level cornerbacks playing on a top level, uh, you know, uh, shelf, then then we'll be in, in much better shape. Uh, you know, teams won't be able to throw on us at all. You know. And uh, then you put Waddle out there, and you and you put uh, uh, Hunt out there. You know, we'll Waddle be, and Hill. I mean Hill, and yeah. uh, you know you'll you'll just <laughs> you should win a lot of football games if the other team can't score, right? College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then just track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older? Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I know as... Do you and all the other Dolphins fans that Chris Greer has been shit on a lot over the last, man, I can't even put a number on the months, Um, and most of it rightly so, but as with any GM, there's hits and misses, right? Um, I don't want to shit on the guy anymore, mostly because right now he has given us the most excitement as Dolphins fans as we've had since, what, the Ricky Williams trade? You know, even with a guy behind center that there are still question marks about. I still think that that's the number one thing that is either going to make or break Chris Greer. It's not going to be this Tyreek Hill trade. It's not going to be Austin Jackson. It's not going to be, are we able to re-sign X? It's going to be Tua. So, but anyway, regardless, right now, there's a lot of excitement. And uh, Chris Greer has a vote of confidence from me. At the moment. All right. Um, well, you know, my opinion of uh, Greer is the last year uh, after free after last free agency from then until now, I think he's done fine. His last draft was uh, a good draft. Uh, Waddle looks like he's going to be an exciting player for a long time. Uh, that's what this team needs. And, uh, you know, he, he hit on that one and... Uh, you know, bringing in the receiver from Kansas City is going to help. And, uh, you know, as, as we go along, you know, he's got to continue on that pace to where he's adding talent to this football team. There's been a lot of misses and a lot of uh, you know, drafting people and, and leaving better people on the board. Yeah. So, you know, he's, is- he's, he's got got to do a better job. But uh, if he can continue doing what he's done the past 11 months, then uh, he'll be just fine. There's certainly a lot of that leaving better players on the board thing. But for every Raekwon McMillan, you get a Jerome Baker, you know. And, man, I don't know how much better any of us would do. Well, that's a whole different thing. If I had a team of scouts working under me... I think I could do a little better, but you, you know, do don't we all think that? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm right here, and you said Lou's check is in the mail, didn't you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 
So you've got you've got some scouts working for you, my friend. I tell mm-hmm. you this, I wouldn't have picked Noah Igbenogany. <laughs> I don't think any of us would have. I, th- just, I think we were all going running back at that, th- that spot in the draft. All right, so we, we've talked about uh, you know free agency, and we've we've talked about the uh, depth chart. Have you got any other observations from the uh, past couple of weeks? I I mean I not other than I'm just super excited. I I have been watching some some interviews with Coach McDaniel and and I know um results especially outside of the Dolphins community right now are kind of mixed on what to expect from him. Um some people think he's a head case and some people think he's brilliant. Uh if you if you were listening when we were talking about head coaching candidates in the beginning, I I talked about how he's a little bit awkward. And if you can get past that initial awkwardness that you really get to see how brilliant this guy is and listening to, can I address that? Yeah, sure. Many of the coaches in the NFL are brilliant. Well, cause that's how you get to the NFL. I You're mean, not going to get the NFL if you can't coach. Okay. I mean, now, and, and if you are exposed as not being able to coach, you're not going to stay there. So you think I'm t- I'm t- I'm putting too much into that. Okay, so let I me I think everybody is. So let me change that a little bit. Instead of saying brilliant, let me talk mm-hmm. let me talk about how innovative he is. See, I think talent makes a coach brilliant. And how unique his mind works as far as the offensive game planning. So instead of saying brilliant, let me say that he is uh, a unique he has a unique mind and he's innovative. And I think that once we get to listening to the things that he's saying, you see how that kind of works for him. I, I'm super excited to see what he can do with these weapons. And I think we all are. But if I had a final thought, that would be it. Um, we talked about early in this coaching process how I want to see the, the the Miami Dolphins really start to change the offensive landscape in the AFC East and, and even the league. And I think that this... This new coach is going to help us do that. You know, we, we've gone as long as we've gone in this episode, Daniel, without mentioning Tua. Yeah, well, I mean, talked about him a little bit, but... What did you say about him? Oh, I said that he's going to be what really is cements whether Greer is a success or not as a GM. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, really, look, I a lot of people are saying that this puts tremendous pressure on Tua and that all the... I don't think it adds any additional pressure than he would have if none of this was the case. These quarterbacks have to play well for the money they're making. I think the media is going to put some some pressure on Tua, and I think that if he's not putting pressure on himself, he's already lost. But I think that this actually frees up his a little bit of pressure, I guess. It, he's got so many weapons now that all he has to do is be efficient. Have you been keeping track of the press in Green Bay about them uh, dealing with Rodgers the past couple of years? Boy. I mean, you know, they're going to give him a a problem and and talk shit about him. Then then nobody is going to be saved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just part of being a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So I don't think that adds pressure because I believe that these players are used to it and they expect it. They should be. Yeah. So I, I don't think that adds pressure. Now, uh, organization expectations adds pressure. Yeah. And I'm not sure what those expectations are. The only one that knows that is is McDaniel. Uh, you know, what is he looking to see out of Tua, and what will he consider a success? You know what I mean? Uh, it may not be in the wins and losses. It, it may He may be looking for other things that he feels will result in in wins and losses over time you know whether it be a better intermediate ball or or a better long ball or you know just better command of the offense that he installs you know than he had the offense last year whatever it is he's expecting he has his expectations so that to me is where the pressure comes from that's the guy he's got to satisfy You know, and I think, you know, he, he had a little bit of difficulty with Flores. They, they did not see eye to eye, obviously, because there was tension between them. And, of course, uh, Flores made it known he wanted uh, Watson. 
And I don't know if he would have told that to uh, Tua in the second preseason game that he's going to lose a job or whatever. I don't know what was said, but he was said. But whatever was said wasn't something a coach would say to a player in a second preseason game, especially a young player that's relatively inexperienced. Right. So I just don't believe that. I don't believe that happened. Maybe it did, but I don't believe it did. But uh, I, it's pretty obvious that Flores uh, really wanted Watson, and uh, that was probably his undoing here. And that's sad because, uh, you know, he had the right idea. Uh, they just probably should have uh, uh, learned how to uh, talk to their employee. Evidently, it, you know, there, there were communication problems there between uh, Greer and uh Flores and, and I guess Ross and Flores and you know they just the whole thing just blew up and you hate to see that because he had us you know winning a couple of seasons in a row and and everything seemed to be trending forward uh, then you stop still and uh, you hire McDaniel and now everybody everybody is excited about McDaniel and and uh, what he can possibly do uh, the question I have is and where I've been going with this is do we have trust in Boyer? to excel with a defense i think so yeah i think so i i i've seen good things out of our defense under boyer and i don't like i know that flores was it flores or was it boyer like i was saying i know flores had a hand in that but this is not boyer's first go around in this defensive scheme he he worked with Flores in New England before yep. he even came down to Miami. It's yep. not like Flores implemented this entire thing and coached those guys up on his own. So at some point, just like Mike McDaniel took over as offensive coordinator last year, at some point these guys have to get out from underneath a wing like he did coming to Miami this year and really flourish on their own. And so even if we said that that Boyer was a product of Flores, it's time for Boyer to to really branch out on his own. And if he had some ideas that Flores wasn't implementing, then now he can do that. I have confidence that this defense is going to look good, especially if we can stay healthy, like we talked about along the defensive line. You know, yep. so I don't really have too many concerns. And you got to stay that. healthy at cornerback because sure. we we don't have that top notch depth unless Igbenogany changes his ways. Sure. Sure. You know, uh, so if, you know, if uh, Howard goes down, you know, that changes everything. And uh, I still think we're probably a cornerback short there somewhere, but we'll see. Yeah. And and as far as uh, Flores and McDaniel, you couldn't have two guys on further opposite ends of the spectrum. Because we talk about Flores and wanting Deshaun. Well, that just tells me that he wasn't willing to adapt his thought process for offense to what to a skill set is. And I think he probably tried that, Daniel, and just wasn't happy with the results. But uh, look, Maybe. if you watched Tua last year and the year before, um, you probably were not extremely excited about the level of his play. Well, you, the entire rest of NFL fan bases definitely aren't. And as a Dolphins fan, you get to hear that from them when you start talking about Tua. But as, as a Dolphins fan who watched every snap, you see enough to know that he has the potential to be really good. So it, it remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I really I do. I really do see enough from him that tells me he can be really good. Now, what do you think he, he needs to do to be very good? I think he needs to put in the work. He needs Meaning? To put in the work. He needs to get in the film room, and he needs to be able to read these defenses pre-snap. He needs to be able to make the changes at the offensive line uh, pre-snap. He needs to be able to read them afterwards. Uh, once when everything is smooth, it's really good for him. When when things start need changing quickly, when he needs to change things on the fly, he struggles a little bit. Yep, I I think every quarterback has to do what you just said. You know, and I think they I I'm pretty sure he did it last season, right? I'm sure he was. <laughs> I would think he was. You know, studying his craft. You know. Uh, Knowing what the defensive coordinator likes to do when he when he's facing him and that type of thing, you know, well, he they, needs they, to double they, down, bud. Yeah, maybe he needs some more time. You know, uh, <laughs> first one in, last one out. You know. Yep. I, I just think that you know, I there's so much more I want to see from him, and and 
number one is consistent accuracy. I mean, people say he's accurate and he threw for a nice, you know, completion percentage. But when you're throwing 90% passes, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, you better be completing those. Um, and then you've got the intermediate areas where I don't think he did particularly well. And a lot of people are on him for the long balls. And, and, and while he did throw some that were not out in front of the receiver, he threw them well enough to be completed. So, you know, I think you got to accept that. The long ball is not a high uh, percentage pass. So, you know, he, he's pretty much on par with everybody else, uh, you know, completion percentage-wise deep. So I don't think that is the um, liability that some people are making it out to be. I think he can probably continue to throw the long ball fairly well. He just has to work on timing and getting that ball out in front of the receiver. And I'm sure with practice and, and uh, you know, uh, just doing it, he'll get better at it. Yeah, I agree with all of those sentiments. And, and as far as the film work, um, if you've listened to McDaniel, and this is what I was going to say when I started trying to interrupt you, I'm really bad about that. Um, if you listen to McDaniel talk, you know how important film is to him. So you can guarantee that if Tua is not first one and last one out, like any good quarterback should be, or any top-notch quarterback should be. What a leader then, should be. Then, then we're going to know it quickly. Yep. All right, Daniel. Um, I think that's going to do it for today. Is, is there anything else that we missed? I don't think so. I mean, and if we did, let us know and, you know, we'll touch on it. Yeah, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll find something else to chat about. But uh, as far as free agency, free agency is concerned, I think it's a pretty big win. Yeah. The trade obviously, you know, helps that. And, uh, you know, I just can't wait to September to see them on the field and, and see what the mad scientist cooks up. Yeah, absolutely. I can't so, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Spring is but right around the corner. We've got a draft to go through first, right? Yep. Yep. So let's hope we fill a couple of uh you know I don't I want to say a couple of needs, but I don't think anything is that pressing that we must draft a particular position. So let's just hope they draft good football players. Yeah. People who are gonna make the team and Better. and you know, play some <laughs> the team very valuable minutes for us. Yep. All well, right. play some very valuable minutes for us well. Yep. Thanks for joining me today, Daniel. You got a happy April Fool's Day, my friend. You betcha. No jokes here. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even go there on the page. I've been good this morning. Yeah, no jokes from us. It's all nope. business. Yep. So... Uh, Lou should be gone next week as well. So, uh, we'll probably do something again later in the week. Yeah. Let's make fun of him while he's not here. Oh, we could do that. And, yeah. and I want to try and, uh, introduce the public to, uh, Ryan Norwood. We, we tried to get him on once before and we had a little trouble, but, uh, scheduling up everybody's, uh, schedules to sync is tough. Yeah, But uh, if we can get him on next week, I think he would be a good listen, and we'll see how it goes. Do we allow him to make jokes about Lou on his first time here? Uh, it's okay with me. All right. Stay tuned, folks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, again, this is the Fin Fans Podcast, and uh, you take care. Fins up! Fins up, everybody. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.